Let us pray that God would illuminate our reading of Scripture. Your Apostle, O Lord, reminds us that the good news is a mystery so profound that even angels long to look into it. Send your Holy Spirit then to prepare our minds for action, to discipline us, and to set all our hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring when he is revealed. In his name we pray. Amen. So, I have, uh, my goal on these is to do something I, I don't think I've ever done successfully, cause, um, cause I talk too long. So this time, I have, I have a little, <laughs> I have a little helper here, so we'll see how this works. Alright, um, so, uh, so, um, where's my Bible? So I'm gonna be working today from the, the, Pew Bible, so um, I'll call out pages, or maybe people can help me find the passages. So, um, all right, so, all right. Okay, here's a question. What does the phrase, blessed be the name of the Lord? So, uh, what does the phrase, blessed be the name of the Lord, mean? Are we affirming what already is, or hoping for something? How is the verb, oh boy, this is a question. How are, how are the verbs to bless and the adjective blessed related? Can we bless things, or does only God do that? Okay, that's a great question, or seven great questions. Oh, I, I have to start the, the the starter thing. So, all right. So, um, uh, so there's there's two places I go when I think about the word blessed. So the first one, um, turn turn to uh, Psalm. Um, uh, I'll find it, and then I'll tell you. So, um, so. Uh, one of the hallelujah psalms. Somebody find me a psalm that says hallelujah in it. So, um, so, alright. I've got them categorized, so I'm gonna find one. So I think one of the last ones, 48, 148, maybe. So, um, alright. Alright. So, um, so, uh, the, the question was about, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it a little bit because, because we often hear the, the question, um, Praise, praise the Lord. Uh, um, and the the question is: Are we praising God, or are we stating some you know a fact of nature that God, uh, or a fact of uh, supernature that God is in fact blessed? So, um, so uh, the 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 Hallelujah phrases. In case you're curious, the the word Hallelujah means praise the Lord, and so or praise ye the Lord. So, um, so I don't know why I went down that path. So, uh, but, but the, the question asked is, are we praising God? Um, are we, are we wishing for something that has not yet happened? And to do that, I want to talk about, um, the word bless. And I'm going to use the New Testament word because I can't remember the Old Testament word. And it, for a minute I thought it was hallelujah. So, let's go to the New Testament word. So, on chapter, uh, four of Matthew, uh, f- chapter five of Matthew, uh, that's this far into the book, um, so page four of the, of the New Testament, um, is the, the Beatitudes, and Jesus uses the word blessed a lot. So what I want to do is I want to look at the way the word is used there, and then think about what that would mean to refer to God. So Jesus talks about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, um, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So, what is blessed? What is what is blessed? It means uh, to be happy, to be um, fortunate. It means that everything is ticking along perfectly. You know, your your plans are proceeding 
perfectly that you may not realize that Jesus is announcing something that people wouldn't have believed. They would have said, wait a minute, the poor are blessed, the, 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 um, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, how are they blessed? So Jesus is saying, believe it or not, uh, they are blessed. Why are they blessed? Because God loves them. So, um, so he says that they will see the, the kingdom of God. So blessed means to be happy. And so when we say blessed be the Lord, um, uh, there's the idea here behind blessed is that God is, is like that. God is not aspirational. It's blinking at me. Um, God is not aspirational. God is not saying, you know, if only I could get these three things organized, then everything would be fine for me. That, that when, when we think about God, part of what we think about is, is that idea of blessedness. Where, where does it come from for us? Ultimately, we believe that all good comes from God to us. But the reason for that is God has an inexhaustible store of blessedness. So when we say, uh, blessed be the Lord, um, I think, I think that what we're doing in part is we're, we're, we're commenting on the reality that God is the source, the source, the storehouse. God is not, you know, trying to get a few more things working so that then everything would be fine and then he would be blessed. God is already blessed. God is already happy. Uh, God is already uh, fortunate. Um, although, you know, when we use those words of God, they seem a little odd. You know, we don't think of God as being lucky. Um, uh, but, but that's the idea is when, when we say lucky, we mean smiled on by God. And that's what God is. God is smiled on by God. So, um, in that sense, we have the idea of, of blessed, uh, referring to, to God's state of nature. That, that God just is that way. God is, is blessed. But the, 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 why do we say blessed be? And the reason we say blessed be is because part of our job is to reflect God's praise in the world. Part of, part of the reason that creatures are made in the world is to reflect God to, uh, back to God and to one another. So when we're saying, when we're saying blessed be, um, God, blessed be God forever, uh, what we're doing is we're actually reflecting the praise. We're, we're looking up and saying, um, you know, it's like when you go outside and you say it's sunny outside. You know, people can tell it's sunny outside because, you know, it's not dark or whatever. But you're, you're not giving them new information, but you're, you're commenting, you're reflecting on the fact that it's sunny outside. In the same way, when you say, blessed be God, uh, you're saying, you're saying that, um, that God is, um, is the source of, of blessedness. God is the source of happiness. All right. I, I failed. So, um, so God is the source of blessedness and, um, and, uh, we are reflecting that for other people. And the reason we do that ultimately is because some people don't know. If you're inside the house, you may not know if it's sunny outside. Somebody says, hey, should I wear my sweater today? Uh, and you go outside and you say, yes, it's sunny, so don't bother wearing your, your sweater. Uh, somebody else may be hurting. Somebody may be saying, I'm feeling um, uh, uh, pure in heart. Um, I'm feeling meek. I'm feeling uh, mournful. And I'm not feeling blessed. And so part of our role is to is to reflect God's blessing um, out into the world. So we're, we're saying that as an example of that. All right. Did I get all these questions? All right. How are the, wor- the verb and the adjective blessed? I think I got that. Can we bless things or does only God do things? I think ultimately the source of all blessing is God. But as I just said, part of our role is to reflect that into the world. All right. Okay. Here's the second question. Most of us believe our... Lo- oh. <laughs> All right. Most of us believe our lives um, are predetermined by God. If so, why do we pray? Oh, what a great question. Um, uh, it, it's, it's a question so good that no one knows the answer to it. Um, 
so um, what we do though is we we fight over it, and so um, so. Um, uh, you know, the fun thing about this question is, is I, I listen to a lot of atheists who are talking, because I want to understand, you know, what are the questions people have? And I've been fascinated by the fact that there is a real debate in the atheist community over whether or not people's lives are predetermined. Um, are, are people just um, clocks that got wound up in the Big Bang, and they're just tick, 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 you know, until they finally run down, you know, in four trillion years or whatever, heat death of the universe. Is it just, is it just determined? Is your life laid out in front of you? And it's so funny to hear me, uh, to watch atheists debating this because Christians have been debating it for 2,000 years. Um, but from a different angle. Uh, I will tell you, we have a unique situation. We're in a, we're in a, um, a Methodist Presbyterian church. And if you study uh, theology, you'll find out that we really can't be in a Methodist um, Presbyterian church because of this question. Because um, because because you, you, you have to kind of pick one side or the other. So uh, Methodism comes out of a theological a stream of thought called Arminianism. And it's this idea that that um, that uh, that you have some some choice um, in a particular area. Do you do you do you have the choice of of um, of seeking the good that God that God represents that God presents to the world, uh, or are we so tainted by sin that we can't even do that? Um, so so Methodists say that at least kind of uh, I may not be able to actually get there, but I can wish I could get there, or or you know that they will they will stack up uh, layers of of you know if somebody says but you know what about this. There's a there's an idea you can say. Well, look, I can't do it. I can't even wish it, but I wish I could wish it, right? And so, so, so you 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 get into this situation where you say, look, I cannot I cannot do the right. You know, everybody's had this situation, right? I know what the right thing to do is. I know I know what to say now to calm things down so that everybody will love each other. But I'll be damned if I'll do that. And that's that's really the idea. That is the whole idea. Is that is that there's something broken in us. There's something that is just somehow wrecked inside of us that wants that I'll be damned part. And so the predetermined. When when theologians talk about predetermined, we're talking about that specific area. Do we have the ability to will the good, or even to will to will the good? Or to will, to will, to will the good. You know, is there some distance that we can get at and we can say, I don't calm the argument down. When I had the opportunity, I don't, but I wish I could. And so, so the, the question is, can, can we get to that? And the Presbyterian perspective is no. Ultimately, that we are so broken by sin that at least in the area of willing the good, that we can never do it or we can never do it reliably. That, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So maybe in that sense we can. But that we are, we are truly, we're truly broken. Um, the, uh, Presbyterians use a phrase, uh, Presbyterians, um, uh, the Reformed Church generally uses a phrase, we talk about a total depravity, which doesn't really mean total. It doesn't mean you're as bad as you could possibly be. But it means there's no part of your, your soul, there's no part of your, your existence that is untouched by sin. And an example of this, have you ever done a good deed? All right. Anybody? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Just checking. Okay. So, so, so you know, mixed audience. Um, but, but the, the, the thing is, what a Presbyterian would say is no, because you had mixed motives. 
that there are deep, deep inside you were saying, well, this will get them off my back, or this will make me look good in front of the audience who's watching, or that, that we always have mixed motives, that, that if, you, if you examine the, the, the thing you do, that probably the instant you do something, you say, boy, that was charitable. You know, I, I shocked even me. I was charitable today. And then immediately after that, we say, aren't I awesome? Right, so so um, so it's this it's this thing that that we're not as bad as we could possibly be, but there's no part of us that is untouched by by um, the the evil um, that is that is in us. So um, we would say Presbyterians would say we are predetermined to to fail in that in that one question. It doesn't mean you can choose coffee or tea. You you get you get. Um, you have freedom of choice in those areas. Atheists would say, a Sam Harris type atheist would say no. Sam Harris would say you really don't have a choice to pick coffee or tea. You're, you were determined from the Big Bang to pick uh, coffee because of the arrangement of the atoms and the quarks and the primordial soup and all that stuff. That it's just guaranteed you would, if we could run the universe over again, you would pick coffee. And so he's a hard determinist. Um, I don't know any uh, theologians who are that deterministic. We would say we're deterministic in the one area of choosing the good, that we always we always tend to fail. Um, so um, I'm long past my my deadline there. So um, so um, so that's that's the that's the debate we have. Um, the the Arminian perspective, as I said, is the idea that if you can't do the if you can't do the the good. You can at least will the good, and you fall short, but you can at least do it. And Presbyterians say you're not cynical enough, or you're not you're not reformed enough. So we would say that people are just really we have we have a problem. And the the good news is is we all look to to Christ, and we say that because Christ has intervened, Christ did not wait for us to get to Him. Christ did not say when you when you achieve a certain level of holiness, then you can come to me. What Christ did is he said, you will never achieve the level of holiness you need, so I will come down to you. I will be one of you. I will present God to you in a way that you can understand and not shy away from. And then I will die for you and lift you up with me so that when I return to heaven, in a sense we've all returned to God uh, by, by the journey that Christ made coming down to us and going back up. So... Um, those questions are what are what are both of those questions are what are what is what is humanity like in its natural state, but as Christians we believe we're not in our natural state that we have been redeemed by Christ and so we're not stuck with whichever one of those problems you dislike the least. I mean neither one's a happy thought that that you're somehow uh, doomed to to fail at something, but the good news of the gospel is you're not because Christ has intervened in the world and we have the opportunity to become more than we could be on our own. So that's our second question. All right. Oh, wait, why do we pray? That's the, there's a, all right, that's a whole separate question. All right. Okay. Okay. So why do we pray? Well, as it turns out, next week we're going to wrap up our our series on um, the, the Grace Period series. And then the following week, we're going to start a new series. And the very first, the very first uh, message in that that week will be on prayer. So, um, so I've been thinking a lot about why why do we pray? Um, and uh, the the picture that is most helpful to me about about um, you know when, when I'm thinking about a Sam Harris atheist or something, who is God? I think I think. Um, 
there's this idea of God who is who is um, Zeus or Jupiter. They are just basically a regular human being with extra powers. So Superman, um, you know, the Flash, they can just do more. And that that's this idea that a lot of people have about God, that God is just um, like us, but more so. And what what Christianity believes, what Christianity teaches, is that God is is holy. And by holy, what that means is is uh, transcendently different, so different from us that we cannot imagine. And C.S. Lewis has a, has a picture that's been helpful to me. He says that God is as different to us, not as not as you know, picture a Superman comic book. There's Lois Lane and Jimmy Jimmy Olsen. They're like us, and then Superman is like God. Right? That's not the picture. He says that that God is like the cartoonist who's drawing the pictures, right? God is in charge of the entire universe. God is outside, that God is, uh, you know, transcendently different. Nobody in the comic book can imagine the artist who's drawing the Superman book, right? No, no, one, can, no one can imagine how that works. So the idea of the author, that, that when, when Jesus teaches with authority, he's teaching as the author. He's saying, I wrote this thing. You know, I know... I know what the purpose of, of the law is. I know what God's intentions are for you because I am the author. So this idea that, that, that if we just think of God as being like another character in the comic book, but just more so, then we've missed the point that God is utterly holy. So when, when Isaiah, I should find a passage of scripture. So, so Isaiah, you know, the famous scene in the temple, Isaiah has this glimpse of God. He says, I saw, I saw the, the Lord lifted high up in the temple, high and lifted up in the temple. And I saw the, the seraphim and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Uh, um, and holy means beyond anything you could imagine outside of your framework. Well, however big your frame is, Make it bigger, and then make it bigger again, and make it bigger again, because you cannot picture the God who is outside the comic strip. That you you have to move outside of that, and, and our minds are too limited. So the, the the seraphim are saying, "Holy, holy, holy! Keep going. Picture something that is outside your frame. Expand your frame, and then expand it again, because you cannot get God inside your framework." So that's the first thing that they, he says. And then the amazing thing is the seraphs say, heaven and earth are filled with his glory. That because God is so remote, that God is, is unimaginable, that God is off the, the page, that God isn't, isn't a part of our world the way that we think of. God is not just another character in the book. That the beauty of the, the, the Christian and even the Jewish concept of God is that we cannot come to God, but God pours his glory into the world so we can we can have a sense of god that even though there's there's nothing that we can understand intrinsically about god because it's it's how how would how would jimmy olsen understand the artist of superman how could we possibly do that that god pours his glory into the world so the glory is what god is is saturating the world with glory is is this is this um is the presence of God, the the wonder and the goodness of God uh, being poured into this work of art that is our world. And prayer 
is the even more amazing idea that that can be a two-way, two-way travel. That it's not just glory pouring in, but that God actually listens to our our uh, requests, our our praise. That God actually is aware of and is motivated by our um, by our reflections back to Him. So so um, I think of prayer. In that same, in the same mind as, as glory. If God can somehow communicate himself into the, the, um, the events of our world, that God can, can pour his glory into our world, then God can also receive our prayers back in a way that, that I don't understand exactly how that, how, how that, how that works. But, but there is this idea of this two-way travel. So um, that ideas from us, praise and, and worship, go back to God in the same way that glory comes in. So, so all right. Um, we have two questions. I always bring the list of ones I've botched in the past, but I think, I think we're close enough. Uh, I think we'll just call that the, um, the enough, and um, we'll proceed on with our um, service of worship. So... Um, um, while the while the um, band is getting up, let's uh, let's take a moment and pray. Uh, all right, you can pray while you walk. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so, all right. Let's let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you that um, thank you that you reveal yourself. That that we are incapable of understanding you by. Um, by thinking about you, that that if all we had to go on was our own our own understanding, we could no more understand you than a character in a comic book could understand the artist. But you have poured your glory into the world. That as we look around the, this 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 work of art that is the world, we can see we can see your fingerprints all over it. We can see that you have put your 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 beauty and your your glory. Uh, in this world, and that can provoke us to think about what kind of artist could create something so wonderful. But more than that, you became, you became one of us. You sent Jesus to become a comic book character. Not because he is Superman, uh, he is so much more than Superman. He is not in the same frame as Superman. But he became one of us so that we could understand the parts uh, of, of who you are that we could never understand by looking at the art itself. So Lord, help us to to pray. Help us to try to align our our thoughts and our minds with with the glory that you have revealed in the world. Help us to to bring our concerns before you knowing that you um, you wish the the best for us, that you you are a God of uh, benevolence and you desire good for us. As, as the denominations have debated, Lord, about whether we can do good, um, uh, help us to, uh, to will the good and uh, to work for it. We pray it through Christ our Lord. Amen.